For years, I just dreaded going to the dentist. But at Advanced Dentistry, I don't have to. First and foremost, they want you to feel comfortable when you walk in. Like, you'll feel it. Whereas in the past, I might have gone into the dentist and thinking, I might feel some pain at some point. But with IV sedation, it can be something that you don't dread. If you've been avoiding the dentist because of fear, worry, or just not wanting to be judged, you're not alone. Visit NoFearDentist.com to learn how IV sedation can change your life. Sasikala and Hanu Nara moved into the Fox Meadow apartment complex in 2008. It's got a large Indian population, and maybe that's what drew the Naras there. Their son Anish was born in 2010, and the Nara stayed in that same one-bedroom apartment until the murders in 2017. We know where the Naras lived. On Hamilton Road, the apartment number was 3D. The unit was just 650 square feet. We don't know what went on inside that apartment. Did they have any friends or acquaintances? Any enemies? And what about their neighbors, like the woman on the 911 call? Did anyone see or hear anything strange the night of the murders? So let's head out with reporter Betsy Shepard. Check, check. One, two, three, four. There's Betsy and Tinku sitting in a car in Maple Shade, New Jersey. We cross from quaint Maple Shade over the six-lane highway to Fox Meadow Apartments. And you really couldn't get any more different. You're literally looking at row upon row of generic brown and beige wood structures that look dated and run down. The paint is faded and peeling. Some of the wood is rotten. There's trash everywhere, and it really is. And we suddenly find ourselves directly in front of apartment 3D. It's eerie, knowing what happened here. And just then, we see a man coming out. It's a worker repainting the apartment for a new tenant. Betsy and I ask if we can take a look inside. He says, sure. We're in the apartment at the moment, just doing a little walk around. It's one bedroom apartment. It's very small. It would be very small for three people, two adults and a young child, living together in this space is pretty unimaginable, to be honest, in my mind, um, you know. But very large window here would not be difficult for... I can't even finish my thought because that's when it really hits me. I'm standing in the exact spot where an unspeakable tragedy occurred. I get the chills and have to rush out of there. I'm Ben Adair. And I'm Tinku Ray. You're listening to Strangeland, Season 2, Murder in Maple Shade. Episode 2, The Divide. The Nara's apartment is on the bottom floor of a two-story building. Today, it's painted gray. The wood on the roof and the door of what was their apartment are warped from water damage. There's a small patio with a large rat trap on it. Standing there in that apartment, I feel like I could catch a glimpse inside the Nara's tiny world and inside the crime scene. 
There are three points of entry. The murderer either came in through the front door, the patio door, or the large window inside the bedroom. But each one of these are public-facing and within view of dozens of neighbors. Each numbered address in Fox Meadow has four units, A, B, C, D, and two of the units share walls with the NARS apartment. They all share an entryway. So that's where we start, knocking on doors, with a photo of Sasia and Anish in one hand and a microphone in the other. I guess there's no one home. Let's try one next door. Door after door. No one answers or no one lives there. It's hard to tell. So we move on with a plan to circle back. Nope. On to the next block. Some neighbours do answer and are friendly, but don't know what we're talking about. Hi, um, I'm a reporter. My name's Tinku Ray. I'm doing an investigation on a murder that happened here five years ago. Well, what well, wasn't this one, I hope. No. Because oh, <laughs> I ain't seen no ghosts, but no, I just moved in maybe three weeks ago. Okay, so. all right. Okay. Other neighbours are downright hostile. Sorry to what the oh. fuck do you want? Oh, Cover! Sorry, sorry. Sorry. We're sorry to trouble Good. you. Good. We're, okay. we're investigative reporters. We're trying to we're trying to find out about the murders that happened on the next block. Do you know anything about that? Who the fuck got killed? Do you recognize them? Do you recognize them at all? Yeah, I do not. Then, there's also the language barrier. Oh, sorry, sorry, not speaking English. Or residents who do remember the crimes, but have no useful information. Hi, a journalist working on a story about a family and a murder that happened here at Fox Meadow five years ago. Yeah. Do you remember yeah, that? Yeah, I do remember that. Do you want to, would you talk to us about it? I just heard, like, um, when it happened, a whole bunch of cops and stuff came, but I really didn't know, like, what happened. Okay. So, sorry. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you. Fox Meadow is diverse, but far from a melting pot. The complex was built in 1976, and as the highways expanded, the complex grew larger and less white and became increasingly cut off from the rest of Mapleshade. The nickname for Fox Meadow is Fox Ghetto. This is a resident we'll call John. He didn't want to give his real name because he doesn't want anyone to know that he lives in Fox Ghetto, as he calls it. Once you cross the highway, there's two different towns, basically. Fox Meadows, its own town, and the rest of Mapleshade on the other side, its own town. If people ask me, I tell them I live in Mapleshade, I don't tell them where I live. John started a Facebook group for Fox Meadow residents to share their experiences. I see complaints every day about something that's going on in the complex. Um, We have bug issues, mice issues. People have air conditioning issues. Buildings are falling apart. John didn't live here at the time of the murders, but he says crime is a big, ongoing problem in Fox Meadow. You never know what's happening, especially if the sun goes down. Um, There is cars being broken into. There's apartments being broken into. So people are very, very concerned with the security and safety of themselves and other residents around them. I'm speaking with John right next to what looks like an abandoned rec center within the complex. Um, it looks like what well, could be feces, um, graffiti on the walls as well. I start to wonder about Sassy's life here. 
a lot of immigrants who come to especially the United States, there's a dream that they have of what this country can offer them. What was she thinking? Was she thinking, where have I landed up? From where to where? Is this what I came to this country for? Um, this is not the kind of lifestyle that anybody would, I think, try and give up their homeland and their family and their friends for. It just doesn't compute for me. We reach out to Fox Meadow multiple times to find out about security and maintenance for the complex, but they don't respond to our calls or emails, and they want nothing to do with us when Tinku and Betsy show up at the leasing office. We check with the New Jersey Department of Community Affairs and discover that Fox Meadow had more than a thousand code violations on a recent inspection report. Eighty-nine of those violations are listed as life-threatening. These include faulty or non-existent carbon monoxide detectors, dead smoke alarms, even a missing guardrail on one of those balconies. Fox Meadow is owned by Camson Corporation, one of the largest property management companies in the Northeast, and it's faced dozens of lawsuits for black mold, injuries caused by poorly maintained grounds, and assaults on the premises. The founder and CEO of Campson is billionaire Richard Kurtz, who, until recently, lived in a $68 million home. Imagine coming home every day to this. 30, Described in this clip from CNBC as, quote, the most expensive house in New Jersey, painted in 18-karat gold. 11 bedrooms, 19 bathrooms, an indoor basketball court, and four kitchens. Trim work painted in 18-karat gold, and a pair of chandeliers worth 250 grand. Kurtz's luxury lifestyle couldn't be any further removed from Fox Meadow. One Google review of the complex reads, quote, $1,800 a month to live in filth. Constant plumbing issues, mice, overflowing dumpsters, and trash all over the grounds. Not to mention all the shootings and drug deals that happen here. Honestly, this place should be shut down. End quote. This is just one of the countless negative comments posted online. One resident tells us that Fox Meadow recently installed a couple of security cameras near the entrance of the complex. But before that, he said there were none. If there had been cameras, maybe the Nara murders would have been solved by now, or at least garnered some solid leads. But there's no security footage from that night. So back to our search for the next best thing. Eyewitnesses. Then, finally, we find a resident who remembers the Nara murders. Maple Shade's motto is nice town, friendly people. And I always say nice town, shady people. That's coming up right after the break. Ready for an amazing deal? BreezeLine's fiber-powered internet starting at $19.99 per month offers the reliability you deserve and security you can trust. Whether you're streaming, gaming, or working from home, we've got all your needs covered with speeds up to 1 gig and our two-year price lock guarantee. This deal gets even better with two free months of internet, free equipment, and free Wi-Fi your way to protect against cyber threats. Act now. Terms and conditions apply. Offer expires July 8, 2024. Learn more at BreezeLine.com. 
Legend has it, underneath the NJM insurance offices lies a room of rejected mascot memorabilia. Is it real? No one knows. But we do know NJM is proud to put policyholders first. No jingles or mascots, just great insurance. NJM. It was horrible. It was something you would see on TV. Our search for someone, anyone with information about the night of the murders, finally gets us somewhere. My name is Christine Davis, and I've been a resident of Fox Meadow for 13 years. Christine lives in a second-story unit directly across from the Naras. She appears to be in her mid-50s. She's still in her PJs because it's her day off. She works as a house cleaner. We find Christine smoking a cigarette out on her balcony, which has a direct view of the Nara's front door. It was um, packed with cops, coroners, and ambulances, and caution tape, and red lights, and blue lights, and it's chaos, crazy. Christine says she saw Hanu when he first came out of his apartment. He was screaming, oh my God, she's dead. But in a, either in a shocked way or like a put-on kind of way, like, oh my God, she's dead. Oh my God, she's dead. And I guess the neighbor next door heard him. So she went in. I don't know why she went in. And then I heard her say, don't go back in there. Don't go back in there. But she was even, she was crying. She was so upset because death right next to you, like a murder, not a death, a murder. We asked Christine about this female neighbor. That must be the woman we heard on the 911 call. Oh, I have... oh my God! He's in shock! He's shaking! Uh, I just came back from the office. I just came back from the office. But Christine doesn't know her name, and the neighbor in question moved out shortly after the murders, she says. She likely didn't know the family either, because, as Christine explains, the Naras mostly kept to themselves. But then she takes a long pull on her cigarette, as if she's remembering something. She says there was one neighbor who knew the Naras. The man who lived upstairs was friends with six-year-old Anish. He never really played outside, the little boy. When he would come home, he'd be so excited to see that neighbor with a big smile on his face. He was very heartbroken when he passed away. The neighbor loved Anish. We press Christine for more info, a name, anything, but all she has is a nickname, Bubba. We used to call him that because he was big, big Bubba. But that's not his real name, though. Christine says Bubba moved out of Fox Meadow several years back, but she doesn't know where, so it's going to be hard to track him down. But she does remember one key detail about him. He worked night work. He was a a stalker, like, you know what I mean? In ShopRite, he got, like, awards and everything for being dedicated, and he was proud of that. A stalker at ShopRite, one of the local grocery chains. It's not much to go on, but it's something. Christine shares one last insight. At the time of the murder, she says the Naras had a large shrub right in front of their patio. It blocked everyone's view of the apartment. I always said anything could happen behind that bush because you could never see what was going on behind there. And I always thought that was very dangerous. And so I decided to call that the murder bush. Christine thinks that the killer slipped behind the bush into the Nara's patio and entered their apartment through the sliding door. 
that would explain why no one saw them coming or going. And that thought terrifies her, because it means there's a killer still out there. There's been nothing, no updates, no, nothing for us to know as tenants. Like, should we be alarmed? Should we not be alarmed? Was it personal? Was it just um, random? It's right at that moment that someone comes out of the apartment and interrupts us. It's Christine's roommate, Bob. He starts warning Christine not to talk to us. You want what? the guy to come over and kill you? Who? You. What guy? Anybody. Let her talk. Why not let her talk? Whatever she's going to do with this, it's going to get it all over the world. Good. <laughs> it should. And they'll come looking for you. Oh, yeah. Go back in, Bob. As we walk away, we see a woman coming out of an apartment across the street, near the Naras. We approach her and ask if she remembers the murders. Which ones, she replies. You hear the sirens, you just, you get used to it after a while. This is Shanetta Francis. She's only lived in Fox Meadow for a few months, and she says there's already been two deadly shootings. We looked into it, and sure enough, there were two homicides at the complex in January and April 2022. It's known that anyone can kind of get into the complex, uh, as long as you have the money to pay. It's very unsafe. It doesn't seem like they care about their residents at all. And that's another reason why people won't talk to us. Because they're scared. Snitches get stitches carries a lot of weight in Fox Meadow. It's easier to say, no, I did not hear anything. I did not see anything to stay safe. If anything happened to me, would anybody do anything? Would anybody even know? Safety, or the lack thereof, is something that a lot of residents complain about. My kids every day, they shout at me, they need to go out, but I'm scared. This is Ahmed Mirai. He'd never heard of the Nara murders. But he's all too familiar with violence in the complex. Both of the recent shootings happened right next to his apartment. Outside is not safe now. It's not safe. You're scared if somebody can stall them, can, you can miss them, or somebody can shooting anybody else. Well, I'm really scared now. Ahmed has a young daughter named Farida. She's around the same age as Anish was when he was killed. I'm kind of feeling like people are going to just pop out of nowhere. And I've been trying to tell my dad if he can, like, let us be moved. Because I don't feel that safe here. Hearing about children growing up like this, it's crushing. As a mom, I can't imagine the level of fear you'd have with so much violence at your doorstep. If Fox Meadow is this dangerous, maybe the Nara murders were a botched robbery, or a hit meant for someone else. Or maybe the Naras made enemies of the wrong neighbor. There's actually a very long history of violence at the complex. In addition to the two shootings that the neighbor told us about, there was another armed burglary in 2022. And later that year, a potential serial kidnapper was foiled when police arrested a woman posing as a child welfare worker, going door to door, asking to see people's babies. In 2019, a man was caught breaking into a child's bedroom. The Nara murders happened in 2017. In 2014, there was a double stabbing. And before that, a man killed his wife with an axe and fled the country. 
These are just the crimes that were investigated. Who knows what's gone unreported? So could the Nara murders have been a random act of violence? We asked another resident, a man named Ray Tucker, who we heard from last episode. He says he doesn't think so. This was personal. Let's get this straight. It was personal. It had nothing to do with robbery. There was nothing taken. How are you going to go through all this and not take anything? They went there with an agenda. And they did what they did and got away with it. Ray says he knows why. Because Sassi and Anish were dark-skinned, were immigrants, and lived on the wrong side of Maple Shades Highway. As a black man, <laughs> I'm used to seeing stuff like that. If you're of another race, other than a white, those crimes kind of get swept under the rug. We came, we saw, we did what we could, but we're not doing anymore. In Maple Shade, crimes happen. They don't talk about them. It'll bring the housing value down. Bad enough you got us, quote-unquote, welfare recipients or underpaid or underprivileged that live on this side of the highway. And they prefer to keep us on this side of the highway. That way the crime doesn't pour into the community. It reminds me of what former Maple Shade Mayor Nelson Wiest said last episode. It was a buzz for a while. But if you're not directly a part of it, then you forget about it. I think that is long over. And I'm certainly not making light of it, but I just don't think it uh, affected the town that much. So is that why police won't talk to us? Because there was only a surface-level investigation. Did they not want to spend their resources on victims who are Indian and living in Fox Meadow? Or are they just staying quiet to maintain Maple Shade's nice-town-friendly-people image? We didn't get the answers we came looking for. Just a lot more questions. And a couple leads to follow up on. We still need to find the upstairs neighbor, Bubba, or whatever his real name is. And we still need to track down the mysterious woman from the 911 call. But first, Ray Tucker has a point. These murders do look personal, intimate. And that means we need to look at the center of the family circle. Hanu, the husband and father. I still uh, not able to come out of the shock. And I, I don't even know why it happened, whatever happened. Uh, police are actively in investigating, uh, looking forward for the final investigation from police. That's coming up on the next episode of Strangeland, which starts right now. Stay connected this winter with this unbeatable deal from BreezeLine. Get reliable, fiber-powered internet for just $19.99 per month with all-in pricing for two years. But that's not all. Your first month is on us. This deal gets better with a free modem and installation along with free Wi-Fi your way whole home coverage. Safeguard your network from cyber threats and keep all your devices connected and secured with this amazing offer. Act now. Terms and conditions apply. Offer expires March 3rd, 2024. Learn more at BreezeLine.com. Imagine 
you just got home from work, dinner is ready, wine is chilled, and your man has offered you 15 minutes of heaven in the form of a foot massage. And then he says, Your spray tanning session is now complete. What just happened? You found your escape at Palm Beach Tan. Break from the chaos at a Palm Beach Tan near you and leave rejuvenated. Take time for yourself at Palm Beach Tan and take that feeling with you wherever you go. Get up to $25 off your first month featuring Australian gold. Perfect man, not included.